Hey, this is Derek Duncan from the Feed the Ball podcast. You're listening to State of the Game, the golf podcast that started it all. Be sure to check out the Talking Golf Network at TalkingGolf.com, the home of golf's most engaging discussions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 91 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. My name's Rod Murray, and what matters on this episode is still that remarkable Masters, though we're going to talk about lots of stuff aside from the great Tiger Woods comeback. The Masters is always something special each year, nothing different in 2019. Just before I bring you my co-hosts for today, a quick announcement for those who may not have yet realised it, State of the Game now has its own Twitter feed. It's not so much an interactive forum for the show, more just an easy way to let people know when we release a new episode, you can find it at, and this is all capitals for the first bit, at SOTG underscore pod, at SOTG underscore pod. If you wanted to give that a follow, uh, I suppose while we're on the subject of Twitter, you can find me there also at, at Rod underscore Mori and my erstwhile co-hosts in this SOG endeavor, Jeff Shackelford at, at Jeff Shack and Mike Clayton at, at Michael Clayto 15. Bit of an odd one, that one, but I'm guessing Clayton might be a pretty popular name. On to today's show, let's start by bringing in one of golf's most popular bloggers, just one string in a bow that includes author, course architect, critic, analyst, golf channel regular, and master's correspondent this year, Jeff Shackelford-Shack, back from Augusta, really looking forward to getting some uh, insights from you from your time on the ground there, a really good year for you this year at Augusta National. Yes, it was uh, obviously a, a great uh, 10 days there this year. Ten days, nine, of course, because we had the, the lead in as well. We'll talk about all that in yeah. a second. Yeah, from here in Australia, a man who has his own lengthy list of credentials, which include being one quarter of the Ogilvy Clayton Cocking and Mead design firm, as well as a former, former touring professional turned print and online columnist, and in more recent times, a star of the golf podcast circuit at Mike Clayton Clayton. So I assume that odd Twitter handle of yours has something to do with availability. M. Clayton wasn't available or similar. The Clayto fifteen. So, yeah, yeah. There was a reason why we. Yeah, it wasn't available or something. But there were, yeah, there were plenty of them. There's some famous American footballer, I think, Jeff, isn't there? Oh, is there? One. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's not that famous. He's in Florida. There was a movie, Michael Clayton. There wasn't. There was a movie, my yeah. George Clooney was in that. Yeah, there oh. was. Anyway, so it is what it is. That's why it is what it is. Still, plenty of people have managed to find you on there, which is fantastic. Shaq, I want to start with you because you were on the grounds at Augusta National. I want to get some of Clates' thoughts because I haven't actually spoken to him about the Masters, but you were on the ground there at Augusta National. And of course, all the attention has been on Tiger Woods and that remarkable story of his fifth green jacket. And that's probably as it should be. But as we know every year, the Masters is about a whole lot more than just the tournament each year, isn't it, That that or that year's event. How was the vibe on the ground at Augusta National year, this year, Tiger aside? Oh, well, it was sensational. Obviously, going to the, the, the finish on Sunday the way they did uh, made the day start a little bit uh, awkwardly. But, but leading up to that, it was sensational. And you had so many good players playing well. And, of course, so many people made the cut, a record. Um, the course is having a little trouble. Uh, weeding out the field when the, the greens were just a, a little bit slower it's, and it's interesting what kind of impact that had on on not separating the field as much on pace of play it was noticeably faster um i think i think four four and a half to four forty um on thursday and friday 
Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. They were significantly faster this year. And then, of course, Sunday, thankfully, they played in about five hours with the the threesomes. Um, That was probably the difference between finishing and having a suspension of play. Um, But, uh, no, it was was amazing how many people performed beautifully down the stretch and and made it interesting. And um, they, unfortunately, have been... Uh, forgotten for 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 obvious reasons they didn't win but but need to see so many players come through and a variety too it didn't mm. seem like the course had a had a strong bias and um yeah it was just uh it was just an amazing week was that that three ball thing on sunday was that a first i can't recall ever seeing three balls i believe it was right okay uh, never they happened did, they had a, they did it on a saturday they finished um but i don't believe it on a sunday okay it was the first ever yeah, and because it was and a... not their obviously not their ideal no. way of doing it. One, everybody would like to sleep in. They'd like to play <laughs> twosomes. Um, you know, there's it, it was, uh, it, but you know, it it all unfolded very quickly, which isn't usually the case with with uh, uh, threesomes. But it moved quickly, and 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 it was almost shocking there for a while on the back nine, like the old days of of uh, uh, what. What crazy thing's going to happen next? <laughs> Indeed. And I mean, uh, it was hard to keep up. Kind of we've never seen so quickly four guys dump it in the water. That never oh. would have happened with two balls. You know, you had 10 minutes, you had four four guys dump it in the creek. That was bizarre to watch that. It was. And then Dustin Johnson almost won, and we barely saw him play. Um, but that's happened before when, when a lot of people are in contention, and CBS has to make choices, and they – I mean, we just didn't see that many shots of it, and, and all of a sudden there he is. Um, so it was. Uh, They're tough calls it was on the incredible. coverage, aren't they, Shaq? Who to cover, when to, because things can change so quickly on that back nine. A guy who was nowhere is suddenly somewhere, well, do you show him, or is he going to double yeah. bogey the next? We saw Cantlay Eagle 13, uh, right. and then, or 15, sorry, and then disappeared, disappeared over the next two holes. Yeah. So. And, then, and then there, and it's tough too now because you can watch on streaming coverage and either Amen Corner Live and see mm. somebody uh, out ahead. Uh, you can you can see what it's just live. It's not on tape in any way. So the 15th and 16th holes you can see, yeah, featured groups. So, so if you're playing around on a, on a second screen, uh, you can uh, – you you know a lot more that's going on than 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 live. I knew I heard from some people who were listening on or watching on Direct TV here in the U.S. and they have more than one TV or they have some sort of a, a split screen option. So they were getting annoyed at what how long it took CBS to show somebody, and that started to happen the last few years. And then I don't know what the answer is. It's I just think it's great that they offer those other feeds and they've been getting more and more progressive with them in the way they don't try to protect the main broadcast or whatever it is but for cbs it's 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 got to be a bit of a headache yeah it makes it a bit harder i want to talk uh, about some of that stuff in the yeah. masters app and some of the stuff that was in that as well as some other things to do with augusta but clates i wanted to come back to you because i haven't heard i think i read a column of yours about tigers win what was your take on the tiger win we won't talk too much about it but i'd be interested in your thoughts on well a lot of people calling it the greatest comeback i don't think any of us here are in agreement with that lots of people who really know their golf aren't in agreement with that but it was fairly impressive stuff wasn't it it was, yeah. I remember on, on another podcast I said, you know, you could argue that Tiger's career has been almost the most disappointing mm-hmm. career of any great player ever. I mean, he should have won. If he'd lost, if he's, if all things had been equal, he'd, he'd stayed fit, stayed married, avoided the scandals. There's no way he wouldn't have won 
22 majors by now, I don't think. You know, he missed 10 years of potentially winning because of all the things that, you know, probably self-inflicted. I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, you could argue about his back, but, you know, it was a guy who was obsessed with the gym and all that SEAL training and all the stuff that Haney was telling him not to do and all the teachers he's been to when, you know, Nicholas, whilst his swing evolved over the years, he never, until 1980, he never made a four times. So we still wonder what might have been. But the one question out of it is now is the chase is back on to beat Nicholas's record and will he get there? And uh, it's probably 50 50, isn't it? At the moment, I would think. Do we have an opinion on whether he's, he's going to get to 18 or 19? Or? What do you reckon, Jack? I think he's got a, a great shot at it. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, You'll be motivated, won't you? You certainly be motivated like he hasn't been for motivated, some time. Yeah, and then you look at the venues that are coming up, mm. and it's it's just um, the next the next three years. He's just got a, a number of golf courses he he loves to play. I mean, this year he's got the next two, and and of course Torrey Pines is down the road for U.S. Open, and um, the old course in twenty one. Um, I think he'll love. Port rush. I don't know how early he'll get there and get to know it. I don't even know how much he needs to. I don't know if it's compared to other venues requires as much uh, study. Uh, he asked me about it at Torrey Pines this year, uh, kind of randomly. Wow. I think the topic we were going on about something about it was we were, it was walking and it was me and one other Ron uh, Green and 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 he uh, we were talking about oh Carnoustie and he made a comment about how bad the crowds were i think we and then i said well you know that won't be an issue this year it's uh sold out at fort rush and he goes yeah how is that place uh what do you think I'm like oh uh well i said you'll love it uh, i said it's a great golf course and i i almost said it's all right in front of you <laughs> it's <laughs> the I, finest I, of I its kind that too he might have taken that the wrong way yeah, um right. Uh, I doubt it, but uh, so yeah, he'll he'll love Port Rush, and it, and and I don't think it'll take that long to get to know it. Um, and he'll, I mean, any Open Championship, uh, St. George's, I don't know, that's kind of a mess um, <clears throat> these days. It's a little bit goofy. So yeah, so great venues, and he has his confidence back. And that and and Rob, I don't think we you meant to, but one thing, if people are listening, I don't, and I, I don't, I'll let you guys speak for yourselves. I don't diminish his his comeback. Because he he you know self inflicted some of his or a good portion of his issues with either injury and over maybe working out the wrong way and Navy SEAL type training or um, you know his car accident and different different uh, issues with addiction but I, I don't want to diminish it because he lost complete confidence and and we've never seen really anybody completely lose their their confidence and their ability to believe in themselves and play the game after being so great and get it back. So it's an amazing comeback. It's just that I think we all agree that Ben Hogan was in his prime and he got hit by a bus and he came back and won six majors and, and it was nothing that he, he did. And that's why he just, his is just so amazing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and how severely injured he was. Yeah. Because if Tiger wins another five, then, then we can have the conversation. Well, perhaps, if you, no, <laughs> and, I, and by the way, I, I, you know, I, we had to look here in the U.S. I don't know how much was done down there of looking at greatest sports comebacks and on the individual side and people made all these lists. And I, it's hard to disagree with Tiger and Hogan being there uh, mm-hmm. near the top, yeah. if not at the top. You know, Monica Sellers is pretty amazing. And, 
Um, but then you start getting into some, well, Lance Armstrong, well, now we don't count that one anymore. And <laughs> there, there are female boxers like George Foreman. Well, yeah, great. He was old, but you know, but he didn't overcome nah. the things that, yeah, he wasn't stabbed in the back. He wasn't hit by a bus. He didn't, uh, completely lose his, his, uh, everything he had and his, uh, confidence and then, uh, come back from after multiple surgeries, you know, like, uh, so they're pretty special. Yeah, you and, and, and you're right. Don't mean to diminish it. Just feel something. Yeah, I, maybe didn't, getting yeah, a little yeah, bit. I, I didn't think you did, but I, I wondered yeah. just before case the, the, that new Twitter handle started getting some feedback. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. And it, it made it. Let's move off Tiger, Jeff, because the Masters every year is always, it's almost a little checkpoint for the state of the game at the start of the golf season in America, isn't it? You have Fred Ridley's address. This year, we had the Augusta National Women's Amateur, uh, the changes to the fifth hole, which always invokes talk about all the other issues surrounding the game, our favorite here, the golf ball going too far. What would you take on some of those issues? I know you were at the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and I think that might tie into a little bit of stuff about the ball. Give us your take on what un- unfolded the weekend previous at Augusta National. No, it was beyond, I think, anything they could have imagined in terms of, of success. You just don't know when you're going to put players out on that that stage what they're going to do. And they 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 just performed uh, so admirably and so beautifully. And then, obviously, I, I wrote about it for Golf Week. But the, the standout element to the, the whole day was um, – Obviously, seeing somebody hit a wood into 13 and how exciting that was, um, and make eagle in, in a shot that, that, you know, stands with the, the, all the greatest shots ever hit on the 13th hole in year one. Um, and then it was, I, again, I, I, I wrote about this, but people out on the course were saying, gosh, it's great how quickly they're playing. And I was looking at my watch and thinking wow these are no these are 4 hour and 20 minute rounds that's for for 30 players playing twosomes um that's just not that that's not that great um but it was the flow of the round and and I have not watched the broadcast but people watching on television said the same thing because on about five or six holes uh they were able to basically just keep the camera on those two leaders walking off the green and they went right to the next tee and the men go back Backwards. to tees on multiple holes. And so it seemed like they were playing faster than they really were. Um, and so to have a, a, a duel like that play out is obviously very exciting. And then the, the performances were just amazing, uh, on such a hard golf course. And the greens are still, you know, 12 and a half with amazing pitch and, and, and difficulty. So. Um, it was, it was just, uh, um, a, really a dream event for, for Augusta National. And I, I think it was great for amateur golf. The whole week really was great for amateur golf with four amateurs making the cut. Um, and, uh, I mean, Victor Hovland's so talented and Devin Bling to, to go and make the cut was amazing. And then, um, you know, there, and it was also fascinating, by the way, on another front, how little interest there was in the uh, mid-amateur this year because he's turning pro <laughs> again. And I didn't, I didn't hear anybody in the press center say it, but it was just interesting that you just didn't see any coverage of of him, as if people were like, "Well, great, well, he's a former pro and he's turning pro again." Uh, yeah, go enjoy your masters and uh, you go go on your way, which I thought was 
thought that was interesting. Too. Unlike last year when the fireman got through, and that was a terrific story, wasn't well, it? Well, I mean, he was, yeah, an amazing story yeah. too. Yeah, which has sort of, sort of helped. We're going to come back to the ball and how you felt all that played out with the women. But, Clay, so I wanted to touch on something with you. You mentioned it before we started recording, and we've talked about it broadly, I suppose, in the past lots of times. When you get the, the role of the golf course in the interest in the tournament, so we had a direct comparison with the Augusta National Women's Amateur up against the A&A Inspiration, played at a course that I think probably most who are into their course architecture don't rate as one of the sort of special venues there in uh, in California versus some really talented players at Augusta National. And it feels like we got a much better show from Augusta National. What was your take on how that played out and what does that tell us about uh, the role of the golf course in the entertainment factor of the game? Well, it just showed how much more compelling golf is when it's played on better bits of architecture because it makes – you know, it doesn't force players with better shots, but they make more interesting decisions. They've got to hit, I'm going to say more precise shots. But I mean, you know, the highlight obviously was the, the shot at 13, which was up there with all, as Jeff said, with all the great shots that have been hit there. So it's just more interesting to watch. It's more interesting to play for the players. It's more interesting to watch. It makes them make more interesting decisions. So it's on every level. It, you know, it makes for better golf and better television. And if you were going to say one thing about, the LPJ too. It's that they've got three majors this year, two permanent venues, Evian and which I've never seen, but I've heard a lot of people talk about, and none of them in glowing terms. Palm Springs, which is the same, and they don't even play the best course at Woburn for the British Open. So, so it's it's a one. It's a pity if you're going to go away from a links course, you have to go to Sunningdale or Walton Heath to play the British Open. But I mean, Woburn's decent, but it's nowhere near the best course around London. So it, you know, I think it highlighted the need for the LPGA in the long term to seek out better venues to better sell that product, which is terrific. Mm. You know, the, the, the standard of play has never been higher. They, they talk about the standard of play on the PGA Tour never being higher, and I don't agree with that. You know, so it's not like it's wor- worse than any other level, but it's, I don't think it's ever been. You know, I think there, there, there's always been great play on the PJ Tour. And there's always been terrific play on the LPJ Tour, but I, the standard of play, I don't think, has ever been higher now because awesome. it's become a worldwide yeah. game. So, so the next, I mean, obviously you can't do it overnight, but the next 10 years ought to be about uh, finding better venues because, because yeah. and, and it plays into the ball. There, there are so many more venues available to the LPJ because the, the ball yeah. and the equipment aren't an issue. So they can go to a, a short, 6,600 yard course, which is way too short and inadequate for the men's tour. It's a perfect length for the women. Yeah. So there are so many more venues they could go to than the PGA tour can go to. You know, smaller, so it's not so much of a, you know, the course doesn't get dug up like it does in a men's event because the crowds are smaller and the infrastructure is smaller. So there are so many advantages for, you know, less well known, but great courses in America to hold LPGA events and just, you know, to get away from the snooze fest we saw in Hawaii this week. I mean, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a resort course with the, with the dullest looking bunkers and the dullest holes, and it's just no good at all. Not that it didn't produce a, you know, I mean, Brooke Edison's obviously a tremendous player. No, fantastic, and a, yeah. One for the eight times, so you can't criticize, you know, identify, but I mean, all, most pro golf courses identify good players because good players are just, they're good players and they get to the end by Sunday. But, you know, the point is, Augustus showed up how much more compelling and better women's golf can be if it went to better venues. We had and, this... and we have Wilshire this week that, uh, coming right, yeah. up on the LPJ, which was really probably one of the star venues in all of golf last year because yeah. it 
uh, uh, people got to see it. It was in prime time, and they're like, "Wow, look how look how interesting these holes are." And um, and it was a it was probably their best example yet. And and yet and then what does the uh, USGA do? They announced Aaron Hills this week for a future U.S. Women's Open. <laughs> wow, they're going to have. By the way, there and, and and Country Club at Charleston, where the, where the Women's Open is this year, looks sensational. Mm. Indeed, it does. Just back to that broader discussion, Jack. I, I guess it kind of broke out of Bell Reeve last year, where we had a fascinating finish to the tournament. The compelling play by the players and Tiger in the mix, and for us down in Australia, Adam in the mix, and Brooks kept hitting some amazing shots. But that broader point about does the golf course matter if the golf is interesting? Is Clates right that that being able to juxtapose what we were watching at the A and A against what we were watching at Augusta National does it does that make the point, Nizer, that that good golf on compelling courses is just naturally better and more entertaining oh yeah absolutely i mean bellery was saved by the people not by the mm. uh, and by the players executing but it was not uh, one where you sense the players were very excited and uh and increasingly players are more excited by better golf courses and they love this week at, at harbor town on the pga tour i i don't <laughs> I, I don't quite un- fully understand that because it's just um I think a lot of players like it because it, it fits a certain kind of player and they feel like some weeks are biased against them. I think it's a wonderful place to go and they treat them well. There are other factors, but it is amazing how players hold this up as one of the real beacons of great architecture in pro golf. And it's, it's, um, I, I know I never quite grasp that, but for the most part, players are more responsive to good setup and good design. And, and we're seeing that more and more. And then obviously fans and television are coming around, I think, um, more and more. I do have my moments, though, where I wonder. But for the most part, I think that that was a brutal dichotomy there. But for, for, for anybody watching the, to, to see the, uh, the, the women's amateur and then, then turn on the old course of Mission Hills and there was nobody there and the atmosphere was just, uh, not great and, and it, uh, the, the, the holes were not interesting. And, and that was the other fascinating thing about Augusta National was how perfectly basically played from the members tees for, for those women. I, I had concerns about the lack of flexibility there and what that would do. And, um, it really was not an issue. Now I know they worked really hard in advance to make sure that it wasn't an issue because I think they were willing to add a tee on a hole if they felt like it was not going to play the way they wanted, which was to, they wanted, they wanted the women hitting from the same landing areas as, as we see in the masters every year. Um, and they got that, which, uh, which was impressive. Mm, indeed. What a, and of course, and of course, I mean, there's no role, by the way, there was just no role uh-huh. and the fairways are shaggy and weird. And, um, so they, they, but it worked perfectly, mm. which I suppose, by rolls, the way, sorry, one last thing on that scale thing. It was interesting how many people out watching were just struck by liking watching the golf from, from the members tees for different reasons, whether it was the, the quick walk off or tees that seem more relatable to what most of us would play or um, something else that they really couldn't quite describe, which I thought was interesting. And uh, it was, it was, I mean, it was just fun out, out there watching how people, uh, I was on 13 when she hit the shot and just seeing how, I mean, I went, I, everybody just was just, mm. uh, in awe, you know, mm. and the roar of the crowd was, and then the crowd just built on the last few holes, uh, 
Because people, let's be honest, a lot of people came out that day to do some uh, shopping yeah. and lingering. And <laughs> they had a lot of locals come out because mm-hmm. people rent their house. So they came out and that was their day to go to Augusta. And then and then they kind of looked and went, oh, this is getting interesting. And people came out and you saw in the 18th hole, it looked like, mm-hmm. it looked like Sunday of the Masters. Sunday of the Masters. Did you get a sense, Jeff, whether many in the crowd were regular Masters goers? And were they seeing, seeing something so different? Was there, Were they drawing some conclusion? Or were most yeah. at yeah. the course for the first time? No, no, it was, it was, again, a lot of locals, a lot of people who are ticket holders, uh, but maybe were leaving town and, or have, have gone a lot. It was interesting that that that's what was the majority of the the fan base. I'm I'm not sure why, maybe it was the way they sold it, but, um, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was a normal, you know, very knowledgeable master's crowd and, and respectful and, and people were, were, uh, they really had a great time. Hmm. Interesting. On the bigger picture, Jack, I think you and I are going to disagree on this, so that'll be interesting and a nice change, a refreshing change for people. I've been one of those in the camp that says, whilst you know, you'd you'd have to be somewhat bloody minded to suggest that it wasn't a huge success, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. That if Augusta was serious about doing something really positive for women's golf, they'd have a women's Masters. And I've got a feeling this is a position you don't agree with. So let's maybe flesh that out a bit. And I'd like to get Clates' thoughts on that as well. Yeah, Fred Ridley was pressed on that, and uh, several of my colleagues at Golf Week wrote about that on uh, Wednesday evening after his press conference. And I, I, I just, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what else uh, they could do. Um, I mean, they could do it, but they're just not going to undermine the Masters. Um, Would it undermine and, uh, the Masters? That's. I, I think so. If it were the, a full week before and or after, uh, I mean, they, they they could do it after, but then the place is kind of trashed. And I, I didn't like the women going after the men at Pinehurst. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I don't know why it just felt, it felt a little slightly anticlimactic, whereas I thought it might've been more fun if they'd gone first, but whatever. Um, I, everything about the masters is, is pretty special and well thought out. And the fact that they, do this and they're producing some future LPGA stars is pretty great for women's golf. I guess where I don't understand the argument is that growing, I don't know how pro golf necessarily grows the game. I don't know if there's a tangible relationship between um, people taking up the sport because they could play Augusta national in a women's pro event someday versus taking it up for the reasons most of them do is they somehow are drawn to it. And then as they get good, somebody or they figure out they could make a whole lot of money (laughs) possibly. And (laughs) it's a fun dream to pursue. Hmm. Um, So I just don't know if that's, uh, we can ask Augusta national to do uh, a lot to, to, to make these efforts. I mean, I think the drive chip of putt is still uh, way better uh, thing if you're talking grow the game mm-hmm. i think this was more of a an event about trying to trying to help amateur golf and uh that was ridley's line wasn't it that that, that there's such an amateur um thread running through the history of augusta national obviously with bob jones and whatnot that doing something for amateur golf is important and high on the list and so a women's amateur tournament made sense to them that was his sort of comeback to that argument wasn't it yeah and i you know i'm biased because i did that feature for golf channel and and we I think uh, realized more than well, I think myself included, even though I'm the one who pitched the idea that <laughs> that Jones had these incredibly uh, rich relationships with the great 
female amateurs of his time. And I don't know if the club knew that, but they certainly loved the feature once they saw it because I kept hearing um, some some comments from various people there like, wow, I learned a lot about him I didn't know. And uh, how cool was that? That that Because then you kind of step back, and, and I think I asked Clates this, uh, but, but I, I, I mean, I just don't know of any great all time, great male golfer who comes even close to him in terms of his, uh, his ties to the women's game. I mean, he toured the country with, with Alexis Sterling playing exhibitions. He played, uh, exhibitions with, uh, um, a lot of women and, okay. and yeah, he was friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't, we didn't get into Louise Suggs, who he was very, uh, close friends with too. And then obviously whether it was, an interesting element. And then obviously Marion Holland. So it, it was a good fit for them that way. And it's who he is. And I think Ridley probably won't say it, but I mean, the amateur game is, is, uh, it's in big trouble, uh, mm. competitive amateur golf. So that's why I mentioned it was a good week for them last week to have amateurs making the cut. And, and, and by the way, just, just a, just a weird thing. None of the amateurs stay in the crow's nest anymore. They stay one night. Really? And then they go stay with their family. I'm going to write an article next year. Look, guys, if you qualify, <laughs> say you're not going to stay in the crow's nest. Do the one night thing after that dinner they have with the chairman and then decide to stay there all week because you're going to have the thing to yourself. Mm. Uh, it's so weird. It's so weird. But it just it speaks to the mentality now. I got to be with my team. We, we, you know, it's like, oh, for God's sakes, you get to do this once. Who cares if the guy in the snoring in the bed next to you, you, you get to be on the property all week. Uh, there's, not much amateur. there's not much amateur. And yeah. Yeah, there's not much amateur about amateur golf at that level, is there? Nah. Jack, that, so anyway, <laughs> that's the, the point I think you're making. Clay, I want to come back to you because you, you, you well, I, I want to hear sorry. your view on why, why, uh, the women's masters will, um, grow the game. Uh, I didn't say to grow the game. I think it's the right thing. No. To do, no. uh, I think the I think Augusta National and the Masters has gone beyond just being able to say, well, it's a private club and this is an event that we host, and it's a much bigger deal than that. And just commercially, you don't have to look at the numbers that they do. To, and I think, to me, your most compelling argument is Tony Finau, who played in the last group with Woods on Sunday, who took up mm. golf because he watched Woods win in '97, as did right. Jason Day, and that story has is repeated by a lot of people who don't go on to become professional golfers. So there's there's elements of that. The, my biggest gripe with what the the Augusta National Tournament did, the women's tournament, was made those amateurs choose between the ANA and Augusta National. I felt that was really unfair. And that's a scheduling problem and a date issue, and I hope yeah. they can sort that out in the future. That, to me, was a really unfair position to put those those players in. And some decided to go and play the ANA, yeah. and some decided to go to Augusta yeah. National. But that's, yeah, a, that's a tough place to be, I think. They're really going to regret that decision. <laughs> I don't I don't know who guided them, but that was really a bad decision. Yeah, maybe, to, uh, well, maybe or maybe. I, I don't know what they, what did they get out of playing the NA? They're amateurs, so like, what, what? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, we just I we know. just talked about it. <laughs> amateurs aren't really amateurs anymore. They're going to be pros soon, right? Right. Yeah. So they basically were pre- preparing for their pro yeah, careers, so that's a, their priority, and yeah. good for them. You yeah. know, um, that's what they want to do. They can do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, One what? point to make is that I kept reading those. These were the best women amateurs in the game. And I don't know that um, a specific, apart from the ones who played down here in the Australian amateur, Korean women amateurs, but my bet is that if you want to find the best 60 women amateurs in the game, 30 of them are in Korea, and there was one Korean playing. So yeah. it was a 
bit of a myth that mm. these are the best amateurs in the game. They were terrific, but if there aren't 10 Koreans playing in it, then they, my guess is that they can't really say, well, these are the best women amateurs in the game because they're all up there. Well, there are lots yeah. of them up there. And, and the ones that come down here to play in the Australian amateur every year are kind of the young second level ones who are just, and they're fantastic players. I mean, they win, they, they win it or lose the final every year. Yeah, they and do. that's normally because the, the ones, the, the one who loses, loses to another career. <laughs> yeah. So one of the teammates, are, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So it would be. Well, and yeah. So to your point, Rod, the only thing I would say is why I think Michael uh, Juan really mishandled his reaction to this. Um, and I understand why he was mad that he, he was, he, he was blindsided by the announcement. But where, I, where I think he, he was, was in there. Error uh, was in not uh, using the mistake that Augusta National made of not informing him of this uh, and parlaying that into uh, you know leveraging these, the mistake um, and and kind of playing the victim role um, because to your point I think the the bigger issue and I love the Golf Channel and I they do a great job. But uh, he could have maybe used this as an opportunity to get the final round or the weekend rounds of the ANA on network television. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, a big story here last, last week with TV people. Uh, ESPN, which is cable, their ratings stunk for the first two rounds. They were down. And then CBS comes on Saturday and gets a monster rating. And then they did great on Sunday considering what happened. And so network television, at least in the United States, still matters. That was kind of a, a thing last week. More, it just reaches more people. Um, Which is interesting and, in itself, and, isn't it? We'll, we'll not talk about some of that as well. I, I was one who also had concerns, Jack, that having the, the, the women's amateur on the Saturday Augusta National was going to hurt the ratings of the ANA inspiration. I think I got that wrong. I think it was the opposite. It, it feels to me like... What actually happened was people got very enthused and excited about the golf they'd watched at Augusta National and then turned the TV over to maybe watch some of the ANA when they otherwise might not have. So I think that turned out to be a positive rather than a negative. Yeah, and so. I think it will continue to be, but I think the LPGA also should have, have said, hey, why don't you throw in a few promos? Hey, how about yeah. some yes. some network coverage yeah. or you know, something? I, I just think he could have, mm-hmm. and he has backed off it now, and he's realized that that there's a smarter way to, to use this event and uh, and it may also be a good excuse to to finally move DNA off a date that I think just is not the right date for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are all these issues involved with scheduling and the you That's know Coachella idea. and all this crap. But um, I think all in all, it'll be a positive for women's golf. Yeah. So I, I do agree with that. I just feel like in a perfect world, if you wanted to, in a perfect world, there, there would be a women's Masters as well. And I I feel like that time. Is not too far off. Anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, let's talk about some of the positives from Augusta National. And leaving aside the golf and the course and everything for the moment, let's we've sort of wandered into media. You mentioned there there was a lot of TV discussion. What about the Masters app this year and this ability to watch every shot of every player live as long as they hadn't shanked it so far offline that the camera couldn't see them with the tracker? And everything? This is extraordinary technology, Shake. Is this the future of uh, golf coverage or can only Augusta National afford what was an enormous hit, it would seem, from everything I read on social media. Uh, yeah, for some reason, a, a lot of people got confused about what this was. You know, the, the PGA Tour really wants to have something like this, <clears throat> essentially to capture players from certain parts of the world 
so that people in their their countries, you know, if you want to watch, uh, really zero in on the the, the Australians, you can. Um, I don't uh, I don't understand. I, I, I'm not sure I understand that concept that much. Um, I think it sounds like a lot of work, and I don't know if watching one player uh, play 18 holes unless they're really a special player playing really well. Is that interesting? Um, so that's their interest. But this was more about documenting every shot. It, it, it still has some issues. Like I just went back to go watch all of Tiger's tee shots um, through the leaderboard. And, and our, uh, I wanted to watch his tee shots on the 11th hole because I had a kind of a, a harebrained theory that he actually tried on Sunday to hit it down the, the, uh, the patron walk area. Um, but Frank Nabilo talked me out of that, um, <laughs> but I couldn't find it. It wasn't there. But then if I went to the tracker, it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it still has some issues, but it was more about just documenting every shot and, and getting to see that. And if you miss something, uh, or the player gets to go back and watch it. Um, there are a lot of different things that they, um, have in mind with it, but so there are two different things. That's their concept. But the tour and, and other entities are kind of more interested in this idea of being able to follow any player you want at any time. I, I don't I think it's a weird effort to be into, but that's their thing. And they 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 have something that tells them and maybe it's television rights fees that, that will make people do. It. I mean, do you guys really do you I mean, uh, let's say yes. um, it's the short answer. Yes. Okay. I went and watched. So Ryan Ruffles, Ryan Ruffles, uh find something and and wins uh, uh 10 tournaments the rest of the year and becomes an international sensation do you think i mean a lot of australians are gonna would they be wanting to see every shot of every round of him next year kind of thing Is that- some would but i feel Clay, it's more like there'd be an awful lot of people who'd like to tune in and watch cameron smith and Cam Davis, I think there's a for this. Let's call them second tier players, which is a ridiculous thing to say about players on the PGA Tour. But Curtis Luck, Cam Davis, I would certainly, yeah. if it was available, I'd watch an awful lot of those. And I think a lot of Australians would. What do you think, Clates? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. But we see enough I of Adam Scott would. and Jason Day, don't we? Because they're yeah, superstars. Yeah. They're not Australian anymore. They're superstars in that yeah. sense. They're 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 world golfers. Um, but for some of those others, I think. But maybe that's just because I'm a journo, and that's. Kind of, you know, they're the things we write about and research. What was the feedback about it on the? Did you use it at all, Clates? Did you use that feature at all, or did you no, download the app? No, no. I've, I've got the app. I've had the, yeah, the app's terrific, but no, I didn't do the shot tracking thing with the players. But yeah, the app's great. Because well, you <laughs> he's a bit unique to us, Shaq. You've been watching golf coverage, Clates, since it was on. What in the middle of the night was the open? Was about the only thing that was on television here. Would have been in around the seventies it started, the- wouldn't it? I remember the Open first came on. It was 1974. There you go. So the only way we could watch, the only thing we ever saw from the Open was a minute and a half grab on the news. I remember watching, well, not staying up to watch, but watching the 7 o'clock news, and they had a minute and a half on Nicholas losing at Muirfield to Trevino. That was my first memory of seeing the Open ever on TV. It was a minute and a half. They showed mm-hmm. Trevino chipping in, and that was it. And, so um, there was nothing really. And South Africa, I, I listened to a podcast with Dale Hayes that day. He said they didn't have TV in South Africa until 1976. So Nick Price said, <laughs> "No TV, yeah, we, no TV." So Nick Price wow. said, "We would go to the golf club. We'd go to the golf club months later, and I would bring a film of the the Open. We'd all go to the golf club and watch the watch the wow. official film of it. Wow. So they didn't. They well, they weren't seeing anything. But I mean, all we had was." You know, we had CBS Golf Classic 
Kerry Packer, who was the mogul here and loved golf, showed the CBS Golf Classic in the mid-70s on Wednesday night at 9.30, the middle of, you know, peak ratings. He had to, and everyone watched it. it was massive. It was incredible how many people watched that show. Wow. So, well, and I think that brings, I mean, that's obviously, you you don't want to go back to that, but I do think all of this obsession about, um, you know, people get mad the Masters isn't on all day. Um, even though they have this, the, the main amen corner, you can watch starting pretty early in the morning. And I just, I'm, I think the sport is best consumed in, in, uh, reasonably length, um, dosages. And that's why the masters holds their ground. And this idea, you know, the U S open is now it's an eight hour final round telecast. And this idea that people just want to, um, just sit and watch it all day. It's just not a sport. Uh, where you like other games and activities where it's, it's a, it's an hour and a half, um, football match. It's a, it's, um, yeah, I mean, tennis goes on too long probably, but, but baseball goes on, but, uh, you know, an NBA game is going to be about two hours and 20 minutes and they're even looking to shorten it. So this idea that we want to keep showing more and more and more is, is saturating and oversaturating. I think the, uh, the the product the airwaves i agree with that who wrote so there's the, some fine line i don't know what yes. it is didn't somebody write a piece during the week that the masters had revealed too much who wrote that somebody wrote that in uh, one of the magazines that you know that in that, terms of uh, the amount of coverage just, that going to see the full 18 holes in 02 and now all of this the, the digital stuff that they're doing and they described it as sort of full uh, frontal nudity and is that as appealing as you know something maybe a little more alluring that was the point they were making well and it's a, it's a valid point i think it's one they they really think uh, long and hard about and before they introduce things i i think this technology was introduced more uh, uh you know they think long term and this mm-hmm. was more about can you imagine now and in, in 40 years depending on how they structure this how easy it is to go back and reference in fact i need to i need to ask about that you know will will we be able to just go back and pull up the 19 or the 2019 leaderboard and, and, watch. and watch Tiger Woods and see how he played the final round. Will we be able to do that or will it sort of be hidden behind something? Cause that is a, a big part of it is they're thinking about how cool would it be if we could now go back and watch every shot of Jack's final uh-huh. round in 86 yeah. or whatever. Just take your pick. It feels It'd be pretty me, amazing. It feels to me like what they're doing more here, Shaggy, is it, it's less about more coverage and more about viewer choice where the viewer gets more yeah. choice about what they want to watch as opposed to right. just what gets dished up and that's a big change we're seeing this is one of the other topics i wanted to talk to you about so golf tv during the week announced they've now done a deal with francesco molinari so that's woods and molinari this over the top yeah. television idea they're two pretty pretty big names of course it was timely with them both being in the last group sunday but how's that affecting things i seem to recall an event earlier this year where woods refused the interview request to go to the flash area of the press room, but did do his two minutes for golf today. Yeah. Is that the future and is that healthy? Oh, it's, it's no, it's, uh, it's limited to him. And I don't think there are too many people who are going to be worrying that Francesco goes to golf TV. And stuff. Right. <laughs> I mean, his interviews are, they're lethal. Rod, they're, they're lethal. They're, they're coma inducing. Um, I mean, if he could just show a little <laughs> excitement about about life, it would be fun. But, um, yeah, I, it's possible. But Tiger's, uh, uh, I don't know how often he's going to do that. He'll do it a few times, and writers will get mad. And But I don't think he'll do it too much. He knows that would look bad. And 
I think he was just in a bad mood that day, but he, he was reminded that uh, he had <laughs> golf TV. Yeah, that's and he right. went, oh, screw it, I'll do that. I don't think it was a, a targeted attempt uh, at us. Look, I mean, the thing that, you know, the reason I predicted he'd win, you could see it on the West Coast swing, and this is going to be a really hard thing for the PGA Tour to grapple with. You guys are getting these ads, I don't think, down there. But they've got an ad campaign about the chase for 82 now. And, <laughs> and they don't mention the Masters. They don't mention the Majors. And um, I think he's on the Ben Hogan program. I don't know about you, Clates, but he looks to me like he has figured out. Uh, after last year, I think he was so tired and, and he lost so much weight. And 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 the Ryder Cup, he, he was embarrassed, I think, uh, at how hard he had to work just to get through that week. That he he allowed himself to have too much taken out of his his uh, energy levels and and spirit and passion and energy and excitement, and he's going to be he said it at the Masters. I'm going to try to peak four times a year, and I I mean he's going to win the occasional tour event, but I think he's he's all about for the next five years four events, and the other events are just there are they're just tune up events or their obligations, and I know people. People don't like to hear that, but you know that's what Ben Hogan did for the later years of his life, and it worked very well for him. Hogan did that when he went far out of the six. He played in '53, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's still the 15 minimum rule, isn't there? I assume. Yeah, yeah, and he'll so does Tiger flout that and say, "I'm I'm not, I can't play 15. I'm only going to play 12 a year, and if you don't like it, then that's your oh, problem, no, I not mine." He's play. I think he'll, he'll play get... the 15. Okay. I think he'll get the 15. It'll be a struggle. I think he, you know, I just think he, like Bay Hill this year. And he, he didn't want to play. I think he, you know, his neck was enough that it was like, well, well I can't get hurt. I got to get ready for the Masters. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, and it worked. Is he exempt from that must add one to the schedule that you haven't played in four years rule because he's a life member? Or does he have to do that as well, Tiger? No, he has to do that too. Right, okay. And, you know, he, he, he solved it last year playing Riviera. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I don't. I don't know what what um, how that will work for him now because isn't that rule? Isn't he now? Anyway, I think he's okay for this year. But so it's going to be yeah. fascinating to watch to see um, him balance that. But anyway, back back to your question. I don't think golf TV is going to uh, take over player a- uh, access and and uh, I just don't think they're organized. Enough. Yeah. Yet. yet. Really a fledgling operation. What's the market look like in the future, though? Is can can you sell golf as yeah. a pay TV only option in the I don't future? Know. I don't see it. Do you guys? I don't. Uh, no. These, I think it'd be the yeah. detriment of the game. Terribly. A if voluntary exercise to turn on golf. You don't. You, you know, other sports. You 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 you, you know. Oh, I got to turn the you know mm-hmm. the game on. Uh, and it's it's just a different kind of sport that way. Yeah. But yes. Uh, what? So what's happened with the BBC? Have they lost the Masters now? Has, has that gone to Sky? Is that what happened over there? I saw well, they something about this. Nike uh, highlight show, I believe. Yeah, I, I saw something yeah. about this. That might be. I think they might almost be done. You know, Clates. I thought I saw a small story about this somewhere because I had Ken Brown and Alice, somebody else there this year, didn't they? I've got a feeling but, that is. Is it normally on BBC in Britain? It used to it, be, but it's not anymore. I believe there's still the nightly two-hour yeah. recap show. That was kind okay. of almost a concession to make sure they didn't 
go completely in on Sky. But obviously, that's a great example what's going on in the UK with Sky and how I mean, that's expensive. Um, people in the US complain about cable. They knew what people pay just for a sports package on Sky. I only know because I pulled it up at the open on the television at the house we were renting. <laughs> I couldn't believe the prices. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. No way. Uh, and that, now that, that little access is going to lead to where you, you have to wonder if, how, how is the next generation going to get inspired? Well, we're, we're, or how's the current generation going to be inspired right. to play the game? That's uh, right. We're, we're almost there here, aren't we, Clates? What do we got? When it's priced out. Australian Open, PGA, and the Masters. That's it on free to air TV, isn't it? Three tournaments. Yep, that's it. No, none yep. of that. So Australian Open, Australian PGA, and the Masters. They're the only three golf events you can watch on free-to-air TV. If you've got pay TV, you can watch golf every week from Friday morning right yeah. through to Monday afternoon. You can watch it live. But if you don't, that's the only golf that you'll get to see is three tournaments right. a year. So. Before I forget, we got to talk about that uh, the architecture. Yes. Uh, so, Clates, did you see Tiger's tee shots on the weekend on number 11? Into the gap right of the trees. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So if like, you go back and watch, I, I mean, uh, he'll never admit it, even if it's true. But so if you watch Sunday or Saturday, he just, he, it was a one arm. He just lost it. Yeah. Right. But then he saw where it ended up. He rolled. So what they do is they put this, uh, Rod, this infield, uh, baseball infield material down. Like fake so grass? Sort of, this, is it sort of crunchy you know, it's and a weird? Rocky, it's, a, it's a dirt, uh, a coarse, very coarse. Uh, material that you see on baseball fields, it's just, it's just, it's green mm-hmm. and it gets packed in when the people walk on it and kind of spreads and, and it's great. And, um, it's great to hit a ball off of. So the ball then runs, you know, it's like, it's almost like ice. And then, uh, so then Saturday, Sunday, if you watch his tee shot, he does not look concerned by it. He just, he just watches it like, uh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And Phil did the same thing with his tee shot. Justin Thomas was the one who had to yell four, but Phil hit it and this like did kind of almost the twirl, like eh, you know went for the tee and and he went right down there too. Um, but it just exposes how awful those trees are first. Um, but wouldn't that be amazing if that was actually what they just figured out and decided the, to try to do? The world's I mean, smallest alternate fairway shack. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a split fairway hole. <laughs> Um, how much longer are those trees going to last? Because well, all you getting, hear from everywhere is criticism of them. I know, but they're getting really big and they look, they're at that point where you're like, well, gosh, somebody's not going to want to come in and cut these down, but they just, they just are so bad. And 17 now, or you hit it down the left side of the fairway and the hooking a nine iron around them. And I don't know. It's, it's really, uh, it's such a, uh, now that, you have a chairman who keeps mentioning Jones and McKenzie. You just want to go, um, <laughs> Fred, excuse me. <laughs> While we're on that topic, uh, the 11th hole, uh, kind of goes against everything. And especially when you know that Jones and the original had that little blind pop bunker in the middle of the yep, fairway, yeah. and got the <laughs> chuckles out of that and had to fill that in. But, um, anyway, it was just one of those fun little weird things from Sunday. And then, and then, but you know, the other thing that gets lost is, uh, his drive on 13 was amazing, and I thought he hit it in the creek when he first hit it. But um, so did I. Stop tracer, uh, and then when he, it was it was it was a remarkable tee shot. And I don't know if you guys noticed, 
Uh, I didn't tweet it because I, I wanted to leave the property without losing my life. But <laughs> on Sunday, there was a wear spot on the tee. Every guy teed off on the far right next to the marker in the same spot. And if you looked, there was an overhanging kind of limp branch um, on the left. There's some 13 tee you told me like, about. I, yeah, I had never noticed it until Sunday. But it, And I got it into my article. But it looked like. Yeah, it was it was one that Augusta National would knock off any tree normally because it looked like it, yeah, it looked like it was almost broken. It was the way it was leaning. Um, but it was it just showed what lengths they have to go to to try to make that tee shot somewhat of a draw. Uh, is 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 have a hanging limb, <laughs> and and uh, they they all go to the right side of the tee. It, it's just. I actually it's, did uh, notice that wear spot that you're talking about, Jack. It was quite, it was quite pronounced, wasn't it? On the TV, it was quite clearly a yeah, it looked like a batter's box, you know, on a baseball field mm, at the end of the game, you know, yeah. <laughs> worn it in. Run, run through the architectural highlights and lowlights from this year for us, Shaq, and I'll get Clayton's thoughts on them all too. Because of course, fi- the fifth was the big talking point, but it's never just one thing at Augusta. Yeah, is it? it looks like it's been there forever. That was what that the players have figured out. It's like that's like Gary Player's version of. It's the best of its kind. Um, <laughs> and every player just just smiled and said that, and it's almost like they've all sat around and go, "All right, what can we say uh, that just makes sure we say something nice and we don't get in trouble?" Um, and it really doesn't look like it's been there forever. It looks like a Tom Fazio hole that's got, you know, that's about ten years old, but whatever. The azaleas were blooming and they were new, and there were some older trees. The older trees were there. Uh, before I had looked at them when when Berkman's Road was there, but um, yeah, it just wasn't very good. It it um, it, it, it the, the bunkers were just badly placed and um, they were un- unattractive and and um, they were you know quite you know how it is. It's the best place to build a bunker is into the face of a hill. Yeah, exactly. They on top of the hill, yeah. <laughs> and then and then if you if and Rory. He got close and then he just, he decided I don't need the headache. But he, he read his comments and he basically laid out what the problem was that if you hit it over those bunkers, you carry a 320, which Jones described in the old hole was, was, was kind of part of the, the charm of it. And in the old course element, it, you were in this like, this crater that was essentially the crater of the old bunker. And they didn't fill all that in so that that guy who took the chance over the bunker got a nice, Kind of turbo boost roll forward. So it was just a, it was, it just wasn't a very strategic hole. It didn't reflect what, what they had, had tried to do, uh, from that point of view. The only positive was if you did lay back conservatively, you had kind of a semi obstructed 230 shot into the green, which a lot of guys chose, by the way. They, yes, they I, chose to take that. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. An awful lot of them. They made it harder, Shaq, but they certainly didn't make it more interesting by the yeah. side of it. No. no. Did did Tiger power it any day? Or did he I make think so. No, he bogeyed it all four days. Yeah. That. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the you positive points. Masters uh, on that one hole. So what was did the positive it, Was the stroke place? average higher than 13? Well, the positive was if he passed every day, he uh, hit a one yeah, by six. <laughs> it was close. Uh, I posted it. Um, it it's, it's, it's for golf week. Um, there were more eagles on 13 than there were birdies on five. And the scoring average was was it's getting close. Um, it's getting close. Another par four and a half. 
uh, for the course, yeah. but but just yeah. not a very interesting one. <laughs> and then there's no way to run the ball up. I got like 10 minutes with Gary Williams, and I got about 10 minutes with Jack Nicholas, and they were just going on and on about some stupid, you know, who was the quarterback at Florida State in 1988, just sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I'm standing here with Jack Nicholas, and you guys are talking Florida. Who cares? So I finally, I just finally, I went, so uh, have you been out to the fifth hole? <laughs> and what did he say? And, uh, well, he went, he gave me the, uh, well, looks like it's been there forever. And then I went, I, I looked down and I go, I'm not writing anything down. This is, this is off the record. <laughs> and then he, and then he, and then he went on and I, I can't, I was off the record. I can't say, can't but, say. um, I can't say that it was a rave review uh-huh. uh, that I, I will be happy to say it was not a rave review, but, um, he, he seizes on some uh, interesting things, you know, um, like probably people think when, Clayton and I look at a whole uh, architecture geeks get caught up in weird things. And he, he was, I was, I was fascinated. I, so what I don't, oh, so what I didn't get to ask him though, um, cause he was talking about the hedges behind the fifth and why they didn't clear those out. And I'm like, well, there's a building back there. That's probably why. Um, but I want to ask him, did he ever run it up into that green in his prime or in the seventies or um, and I just didn't get to cause, um, but they, they've really taken that part of the hole out too. There's just no incentive to run it up into that ground. I mean, they, there's like a big catch basin in the, in the approach on the left. And there's one little spot on the right where you could throw it on these, just over this bump and it would feed on. But, um, and then they soften the green. There was some embarrassing putts on that green. Was it Fina who? It's still brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's still brutal. But at halfway it's, up the hill. It's an amazing green. Clates, what did you notice from watching? I didn't think it, it was hard to tell with the fifth. It just looked like it was a whole lot longer uh, and it wasn't worth the risk of trying to carry it over the bunkers from what I saw. Most of the players sort of hit it up either next to them or short of them. What do you observe each year at Augusta National? What did you sort of see differently this year and what was the, the play between the players and the course like, the arm wrestle that you're most interested in? Well, I thought when at the press conference was the Tiger's last question when they asked him to run through the clubs and for all the money they've spent, and lengthening the golf course. Pretty much, not every hole, but I think, did he hit 10 eight irons or something? I mean, pretty, yeah, it, it seemed like this is just a driver eight iron course now, which was almost what it was before the, in, in 1997. I mean, he was yeah. hitting probably more wedges, but well, he was hitting drivers and sand wedges then. But for all the money that they've invested in lengthening the golf course, it's, it's still only a basically a driver eight iron course. And he's the, He's the, what, the 38 fastest club in speed on tour. So it's not yeah. like he's, un- you, you, it's not like he's unique in the clubs he's hitting into the green. So, and Fred Ridley sort of laid down the, when he spoke about the ball on Wednesday, I think Jeff about, you know, the 13th hole and what they were going to do. And I know Frank Novello thought that this year was a sort of statement to the USGA and the RNA was do something about this because we don't want to have to move the 13th hole, but we're going to. And, yeah, it's the, the lines in the sand is becoming thicker and clearer now, but you know, to, it was shocking to me to hear Tiger run through those clubs and basically every hole's a drive rate on, including into, into 13 mm-hmm. and a five yeah. line into 15. I mean, Bubba, Bubba, you know, for all lengthening at 15 post Tiger's wedge in 97, Bubba hit a wedge in there. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a 190 yard, 80 yard wedge, but still it's a, you know, that's a, just a ridiculous state of affairs, really. Yeah, no role. No role at all. So all the people who want to blame agronomy, um, again, you go to those driving distance numbers at Augusta. The place was wet from the rain, and uh, they the, the fairway 
procedure they employ works. It stops roll. It does. But if they actually had it, those fairways tight and, and not slowing down drives, they, they'd hit it to the, some of, Bubba could probably, and a couple other guys could get it to the, near the bottom of the hill on 15. They'd just get it to the end and it would run down to the bottom. Off the tee. Um, yeah. Yeah, what? which would be a, what, 450-yard drive. So, well, I mean, it what? would run. That would run yeah, the yeah, last sure, 100 yards, but that wouldn't still. be agronomy. <laughs> that would be uh, slow. Yeah. Is Ridley uh, the so, man who's going to – is he the one who's going to do it? We, we always – you know, the, the the last hope for those – always seems to be Augusta National. Is Fred Ridley the man who might say that's it, tournament ball? Right. Well, he ruled out ball in those comments. Uh, them making their own ball is what he ruled out. Um, but yeah, I think he issued the, uh, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the families of golf, uh, he, he, he announced he's aligning with the USGA and RNA on, and, and that was huge. Hmm. So he seems to know something's coming. Um, and he's going to support them. And I think the, the, he just, I don't think they want to lengthen the 13th hole. I think it's a big, pain i think they realize that they open it up the views will will never be quite the same um there's no guarantee the hole will play quite the same or play right um and then the women reinforce just the beauty of walking right off the 12th green to the tee mm. and great also oh, they're gonna they're gonna play uh number 12 and now they're gonna leave amen corner yeah. and go back <laughs> into augusta country club to tee off I, I think he just realizes all that is enough is enough and um, he ha- he made, I thought, a very bold statement there uh, with what he proclaimed. Is he uniquely positioned, Jeff, as a former U.S. amateur champion and now chairman of Augusta yeah. National? That puts him in a politically a really interesting and somewhat powerful position doesn't that, that, that others who've been the chairman at Augusta National haven't been in. I think it's more that he's a good player. Yeah. It's not even that he's... It's not even the positions he's held as much as just the fact that he can say as a player and somebody who set up the course for many years, um, you know, there's just a point where enough is enough. And um, uh, and then having the women reinforce it the way it did, I don't think he intended that. That that just it just happened. Mm-hmm. And th- and thankfully it did. It, just, it was great for people to see. So you, um, are you suggesting, Jeff, that behind the scenes you think there's been discussions had – and arrangements made, we're going to see something happen with the ball, with the full support of Augusta National, which they're going to need, obviously. I, I I have no idea what the solution is, but I do sense they have decided to do something. something. So I don't know. I mean, I think that the report that they're going to come out with has made them conclude that they can't, they just can't, um, they have to. I mean, if you read his comments very closely, and they're the prepared remarks. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, you know, he, he was very specific. On, on a, uh, in a few different ways where you read it and you say, well, it's, it's pretty apparent that they, they've decided and he's already preparing the defense of why they should be supported. Um, but we should listen to everybody and make sure we do this in the right way. But I, I was how I read it. I don't know about you guys. Mm. Where does that leave the tour? Well, they'll have to decide. Do they want to play by these, these equipment rules? And that was another. Yeah, it's like it's almost like watching, uh, you know, mob uh, bosses and trying to parse their uh, their code. Yeah, he 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 made a point to single out Jay Monahan and those wonderful comments he made, reinforcing <laughs> his 
his appreciation for the rules of golf, which was just very uh, making sure to just to just to double down and box him in a little bit more that he, you know, <laughs> he said, no, 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 we don't want to be in the rules business. We we uh, we want to support those people. And it was I, I thought that was very telling. I that's but maybe I'm looking for too many little Sicilian messages. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> pretty powerful game at the top there, isn't it? With some pretty powerful players and influential people and lots of money at stake. And the two has been well, we we I don't think we've discussed this, Jeff. They're they're the nonsense around the players earlier this year was pretty telling, wasn't it? With the tour and the what do you mean? important championships and the players getting oh. put up there as a major and the FedEx Cup, all that sort of stuff. They've really been quite uh they've been on the front foot much more so than in the past. This year, with trying to drive that narrative of the PGA Tour is the most important yeah. um, part of the game. So, Well, look at the – like I said, Tiger just won his 15th major, uh, and they're and all they're doing is pushing 82 wins mm. on the chase for 82, yeah. um, which is fine at some point. You don't do it uh, the day – in ads the day after and then in the week after – uh, you know, there's a time they just don't have a sense. I don't. I don't feel of where to draw the line on a lot of these things. There's nothing wrong with wanting to push the players and make it a big event. Nothing wrong with wanting to push the FedEx Cup. You got bills to pay. I get it. But they just never seem to quite know when to draw the line when it's when they. I guess nobody. They don't have enough people around there who go, guys, guys. That's that's mm. not the time. That's not the place for this. They're reading their um, own PR. Do you reckon that's been a change, yeah. plates? It feels to me like that's a very different relationship between, well, the PGA Tour in particular, the European Tour, don't do that sort of stuff as much. But you would have observed this sort of stuff as a player. And players are very active, aren't they, in making sure that the tour is promoted as the best in the business and it's in their interests and all those sorts of things. But your, what's been your take on the PGA Tour, and particularly under Jay Monaghan in the last year or two? It seems to be a much more aggressive organisation in that sense. I'm not sure. Probably. Um and the rules thing was that the performance the players put on about the rules at the start of the year was pretty bizarre, wasn't it? It was embarrassing, and, wasn't it? <laughs> I yeah, thought. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. Look, but, so it's a massive behemoth that sucks up money. And, uh, yeah, it was just great to, you know, some people made some jokes about how many, how many FedEx Cup points Tiger had picked up because <laughs> he won the Masters. And, you know, it's like, really? I mean, it's just... But, um... Did you get Wyndham points other. for that as well, Shaq? Wyndham, boy, yes, Sam's need one. Oh, yeah, yeah. How did you forget the Wyndham rewards, <laughs> which get they win. bring get up win. way too often? Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, and again, yeah, hey, I understand, but you've got to have some sense yeah. of, of uh, when to draw the line and, and uh, not be tacky. But At what point is it about the golf, Jeff, is the real question, isn't it? And that's the right. Big, you know, right. at some point it's got to be about the actual golf fellas, not all the dressing around it, which is, uh, which is interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, we've been... I think that's where the Masters really highlights that because for all the things we've just talked about with ramifications and, and business side, um, they all, most of these initiatives and things they do ultimately are about the golf and making yeah. it fun to watch and interesting to watch and, and, uh, better to watch. Yeah. So. The other good that. thing I thought that came out of the Masters were great was how much, how many great articles were written about it. Yes. Did, I mean, obviously there were more than usual because people don't write much about golf anymore, but I thought there were mm. so many great articles that people wrote about 
what happened. At, even Meg McLaren. Might have been the best of them, mightn't it? Sure if, <laughs> I'm not sure if Jeffy saw that, but Meg McLaren no. play, plays the L.E.T. Uh-huh. Father, her father runs a senior tour in Europe. And she wrote a terrific article on Tiger winning, and you can dig that up somewhere. But it was I'll send it to Eamon you. Lynch had the, Eamon Lynch had the great line about... <laughs> the shark. Um, the reason there's a reason Nicholas has won six, Tigers won five, Feldo's won three, and Greg Norman is often naked on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might have been the best line of life. But I, I, I was I was struck by how many really well written, well thought out articles that were about proving that you know the smaller the ball, the better the writing, and it's such an interesting sport to write about. You know, so it's that was one of the things that came out for me was just how much great writing there was. What is the change? And, and, and all of it without. Dan Jenkins's piece, which yes. would have been interesting. It was a pity that he didn't live to write about that. Um, I think this one might have killed him. He really, he really, <laughs> late he, life really turned on Tiger. I, I don't yeah, understand yeah. it, and it, and it was just part of it was getting old, and and uh, it was it was. I actually joked uh, that this would have, this one would have, this one might have killed him. Uh, yeah, he just didn't. He just didn't like uh, Tiger because he 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 was um, uh, he you know he was he covered him in the prime of when Tiger was was not as much fun to interview and he's he's now he's starting to become a nicer uh, guy to deal with and genuine um, you think, he, I I think more genuine yeah I really do um, I think he's still well he's still guarded in a lot of his remarks. Um, and, and, um, you know, like I asked about the gum chewing on Sunday and he kind of gave an answer that didn't make sense, but, um, yeah, he always has a little bit of a guards still where he thinks people are trying, I think, to get some sort of gotcha thing, but, but, but not, not, but rarely, I think he realizes now most of the questions are coming from a place of people wanting to document history and, and, um, and that has changed his perspective and then made him more open about things and putting himself on the record about his view of things because he did he had whatever it was he finally realized gee i actually have some i have some great stories to tell and these guys are not asking these questions to to get me they're asking because they they want to write a great story and they want to share the great details and have my fans out there knowing these details don't you reckon kids have been the difference that feels to me like maybe he said a couple of things last year that just felt like the, the the new motivation for him was to show his kids what he used to be. What did he say? They, they only know him as a YouTube golfer? Um, yeah. And I think that it feels like that to me that that's kind of been the motivation. And just the natural humbling that comes with I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. have kids myself, but everyone I know who's had them has changed <laughs> because of them. You know, the perspectives change once you've had kids and it's not all about you anymore. So uh, I'm glad to hear that it, that it seems genuine because, you know, he's given a lot to the game, hasn't he, whether you like him or not. He is the gift that keeps on giving and and probably in the biggest way just this last week. That was just a, an amazing yeah. um, thing to watch unfold. So the front page just about every right. paper in the world. And the President's Cup this year, Rod's going to be oh. – I was playing with a friend of mine yesterday. He said that's going to be the biggest sporting event in Australia this year, only because of Tiger. Because of Tiger, exactly. I'm glad yeah, I've got a cousin who lives there, Clayton, so I've got accommodation. Yeah. I'd hate to be trying to book it. I really would. It's, it's going to be crazy that time. Yeah. And, of course, well, of course, the irony is that you know it's supposed to be – a them versus us thing, and you can bet that <laughs> <laughs> they're, all there, they're all there to watch Tiger. That's right. I'm not the... that particularly clear. Wins. All, hey, all they want to do is watch Tiger. Yeah. Not pencil him in yet. He's ninth right now. 
and President's Cup points. There's a long way to go, guys. You've just said he's going to win five majors in the next two years. I think you'll be right, don't you? Yeah, (laughs) he's going to make it. I think you'll find a way to – I mean, you know, the the American squad, there's a little bit of a uh, drop-off. He's going to have to play. Uh, I don't think Spieth and Reed are going to make it. And and it's it's actually kind of a – so so year, but it's it's early. Yeah, uh, we have some fun events coming up. He might get so a captain's suspect, pick too. We yeah. suspect Rod that the 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 premier of the state is a golf lover. Probably didn't want to pay all the money he's paid for the Presidents Cup not to have Tiger Woods and not playing it. Oh, I would. Yeah. No, that's exactly so, <laughs> that's exactly he, right. He should be the fifth selector. <laughs> the premier of New- Victoria just gets yeah, to the, choose the teams. The Victoria gets, gets to choose the well. He gets to say in it. It's probably not such a bad idea. In fact, it's probably not that far off. What are they doing with the Tour Championship? Did I see something this week? Shaq, I haven't read into it oh, about two leaderboards and somebody gets credited yeah. with a win. And what's all that about? Gross, gross and net division. <laughs> they're gonna have. They're gonna have the. Uh, oh, why are we? Why are we giving the FedEx? Come on, yeah, true. No, fair cop, fair cop. Yeah, you're right. It, <laughs> you're it's, right. it's 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 uh you get a you get a ten shot lead if you're leading the FedEx Cup going into the the final. Just, so that's enough. Uh, <sighs> but to keep those precious world ranking points, it it is an important discussion though to have because the obsession with the world ranking is is really getting to be. I mean, I was on morning drive the, the morning after the Masters, and I'm sitting in a car because we're doing. A, I'm on the phone, and and you know, Damon's got four hours of show, so I'm not going to give him a hard time. But he asked me, Jeff Paul Eisinger was just on, and Tiger's just moved to sixth in the world, but he thinks he may be the best player in the world right now. And <laughs> I just said, you know, all I know is Tiger won the Masters, and that's really all he cares about. I, I don't think he really cares what his ranking is or where he is. Versus Dustin or Justin, and it's a fascinating thing, though, how much of um, the, the golf world is fascinated by them, and and it only matters to the people who get bonuses off of those rankings or in tournaments off of them. Otherwise, it should mean nothing to us as fans, right? No. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's how can you say at any given moment somebody's the best player in the world? I mean, it's right. it, never that clear cut, is it? No it's, golf, yeah. right? There's 10 best golfers in the world, and there's the next 10 best, and the next yeah, 10 best. Yeah, I mean, best. Dustin Johnson looks like a, like a, you know, I've had the Harbor Town of it on the background. He looks like a six handicap today. He's just hit some just bizarre shots. It's Dustin Johnson, the guy, you know, breaks 70 almost every time he plays, and he, you know, he just, it just happens. It's a weird game. Damn near won the Masters just a week ago, so it's not like he can't play. Yeah, we barely saw any of it. Yeah, same guy. Uh, all right, we've been going probably for far too long. What have I missed, Jeff? Is there anything I missed in all of that? Uh, I we could go down a technology rat hole. I decided not to do a blog post. But did you see Taylor Maine has come out with a a retro driver with all their modern uh, stuff under the hood, but the uh, the size is I did. Cool. I size interesting. Bike plates at eleven and a half. That's basically like a two wood. It's really not meant to be hit off the tee much. Okay. Didn't they do this no, a few I don't years know. ago? I'm asking you. What do you think? Oh, it's, well, no, it, it sounded really interesting. I saw. I, I wouldn't mind going and having a look at them and. Because I get, you know, I get so tired of hitting these massive, big-headed drivers well, that are so easy to hit. It would actually be fun to play with a proper-sized club again. And wouldn't it be fun to to put a, you know, a Lucas uh, Herbert on on, that you would. know, because yeah, it, you know, to to look at what a player like that with that clubhead speed, how it changes them with that smaller head. I mean, we've talked about it on and on, and I think it would just be. I just wonder if at eleven and a half, it really is the right loft to to test. That was what I was asking. 
can you change the loft on it or, or it's set at 11 and a half? You can't. It's 11 and a half and a 12 and a half, I think, was what I saw on the press release. Okay. So you can't. Yeah. Go. This is their second go at this, isn't it, Jeff? Didn't they, isn't it the mini? Didn't they do this a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think so. Slider yeah. mini? Yeah, this is the second attempt. So it was essentially a two wood, as you say. So how many CCs is it? I haven't brushed up on it. It's a, what is it? A, 275, I 275, think. 275, okay. How does that rate yeah. to a modern three wood? Is it just a modern three wood or is it somewhere between three wood and driver? Uh, I think it's even maybe a smidge underneath uh, the, the the modern traditional three wood. Hmm. Interesting. It's small. It's small. Um, I mean, by compared to what and are you play now. Are you supposed? <laughs> you're not supposed to replace the driver with it, are you? Is it a? No, I think they just are trying to just a mini driver. There's, it's partly a celebration of an old club, and then uh-huh. I think they obviously have gotten feedback from. Uh-huh. Some good players probably who would like a a driver they can kind of hit off the fairway off the club. That's also a you know a two. I mean, Clates did did Jack did Jack play with a two wood for a long time? Did he have one? Nicholas, no, no, he just had a driver and a three wood. No. Okay, was there yeah. somebody who who famously drove a lot with the two wood? No, Thompson drove with the three wood a lot, but the two wood. No, I don't think so. I mean, we we grew up with two woods because, and that was a great because Schlesinger made made two woods because they were easy for amateurs to hit. You know, the, the old right. one and a half wood or the or the. I mean, no one really had a one wood. That was almost no loft. But, I mean, yeah. most. I would have thought the majority of golf in Australia, club golf in the sixties and sort of certainly until the mid seventies, was played with a two wood. Probably, you would have sold more two yeah. woods than one woods. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, probably. No one ever thought of the driver. It was just a one wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just think it'd be interesting to see mm. if, if if some of the test results on on what it does to to a player. Because Tiger, I don't know if you saw his press conference. He did a little, um, touched a little bit on on uh, clubhead size again, and he's bringing that up a lot, <laughs> I, I, which is really interesting to me. I, who knows? Maybe he's the one who. Who encouraged Taylor made to to make this club? Not not for the reason we're talking about. He may he may you know it may be a club that he would find useful. I don't know. He sees the problems though, doesn't he, Jeff? That's been pretty obvious oh, for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. you know he's well and truly on that side of any discussion that falls one way or the other. We know which side he's going to be on. So uh, which will yeah. be important when the time comes, won't it? They're going to need ambassadors if there is a change coming. They're going to need ambassadors. Um, he's one of the few that's probably big enough. To step beyond whatever his sponsorships are and speak his mind. Yeah, wouldn't you love to see? Wouldn't you love to see what somebody? Uh, and there will be somebody stupid enough to do it, um, because you you've heard you know people rip Jack. Oh, Jack could never make a golf ball. That's why he wanted to roll back the golf ball and and hurt Titleist or Jack. Uh, uh, you know, he's losing distance and that's why he's always been on that crusade. And, and now, you, you know, will there be some players stupid enough when Tiger supports this idea, which he will support it? Um, because he, he's very open now about his views, uh, that, that says, wow, Tiger only believes in that position because he doesn't hit it as far as he used to. I mean, there will be one at least mm-hmm. that's dumb enough, but there will be that narrative. And it's, it's, uh, of course, we know the position is coming from a place of having worked on golf course projects or having seen, um, guys who hit the ball longer than they should because of the club head size or who get away with 
um, four shots uh, because the clubs are more forgiving, on and on and on. That's where his position is mm. coming from, not, a, not because he you know, wants to take distance away from people. It's a golfer's position, isn't it? It's a, it's a genuine <laughs> desire for the game to be at its best and competitive golf to be at its best. Uh, let's wrap it up. I'll leave you. You're right. Somebody will say that, Jeff, and I know that I can confirm that because I heard this theory during the week, the conspiracy that uh, the fix was in at the Masters. Huh? <laughs> yeah. What fix? Yeah, it was a fix for Tiger to win. Uh, uh, how, how can how can four players hit it in the water on the twelfth? Clearly, the fix was oh. in. Oh, so Augusta had like a radar that yeah. that would zap the balls yeah, they, as they, they, they put up a shield or something. It was a pre predetermined was outcome. Uh, the Tiger was going to win because it was a was a great story. So there you go. If we can hear that, we'll certainly hear people well, telling us. I would us love that. to see more of that. I would love to hear some more of the. The um, I I did hear there is a one conspiracy about CBS was was feeding him uh, clubs because how did how did he know I, I haven't found it it was relayed to me by uh, somebody it's it's a, it's a tiger conspiracy theorist uh, that ti- how did Tiger know what Brooks hit into the creek to know how to hit more clubs. Um, so I, of course, know that he has a chip implanted in his ear and he can hear the CBS spotters relaying clubs, but, um, that was the closest I've heard. I have not heard any. So yeah, I would love to see, uh, I'll see if you have any of these. I'll dig up Meg McLaren's blog for you and I'll see if I can find the conspiracy. It was in a dark corner of the internet early one morning, so I may not be able to come back across it, but, uh, definitely saw it that, uh, the fix was in, it was all preordained. For the moment, though, let's leave it there. Thank you, Shaq. Great to talk to you. By the way, great work on your master's coverage. I'm sure lots of people oh, would thanks. have seen the video you did, which I, we spoke about it before we started to record, but showing people who haven't been there before the best ways to get around. Saw some things on there. I'm sure, well, Clates has been there, but opened my eyes to a whole different look uh, of Augusta. Mm. We only ever see the holes, cool. and that was fantastic to see some of that in-between stuff. And uh, So really appreciated that, and thanks for your time today. As always, been great to chat. Well, thank you. And Clates, to you down there in Melbourne, uh, always great to chat to you, my friend. It was finally get your thoughts on the Masters, which was nice, and thank you for taking some time today. Thank you, Ron. It was good fun. I enjoyed it, as usual. Always good fun. Always enjoy it. Episode 91 of State of the Game in the Books. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed talking. We'll be, we will be back to do it all again fairly soon, I'm pretty sure, here on State of the Game. State of the Game is a talk and golf production. Theme music, Writer's Retreat, provided by Lloyd Cole. Visit www.lloydcole.com for more information. For more golf podcasts, log on to www.talkandgolf.com.